Governor Ned Lamont with one of his periodic appearances. In fact, the governor was scheduled to be on the day after his State of the State message last week and had to postpone that, so we've rescheduled for this morning. We're glad to have you back, Governor. Thank you very much. And speaking of the State of the State, I know it was a few days ago, but just give a little summary of us of what you thought some of the key points were and what you want our listeners to know about what your vision for this next year is. Well, good morning, Wayne, and um, stay warm today, everybody. Uh, the state of the state was a while ago. Uh, we just tried to emphasize how much better off the state is today compared to where we were three or four years ago. You know, our, our fiscal house is in order. We've had three years of surpluses, paying down the pension. Um, outside observers, the so-called analysts, are raising their rankings, which means a lot of people are moving back to the state of Connecticut, which... Uh, which I love, but then we said, you know, where are we going forward? And a lot of that was uh, how we're going to transform this state over the next five years in terms of workforce, in terms of fixing those roads and bridges and speeding up Amtrak. And you tweeted three years ago when I took office, Connecticut had a $3.7 billion deficit with more projected in the years ahead. Today, we have a surplus and have strengthened our fiscal health. How much of that is based on the effect of federal aid that we've gotten in part because of the pandemic? Uh, very little. Um, uh, you know, 90% of our uh, surplus is related to organic growth. But you're right. Um, we did, There are some things that the Fed have done, and there's a question going forward. For example, the uh, Medicaid supplement. Are they going to continue that for another few years, or will that cut off? So we're watching that like a hawk. And in your address, you talked about meaningful property tax reform. You've had a tax cut proposal, $336 million in cuts, including cutting taxes on automobiles and 1.7 million vehicles. And more than 100 towns across Connecticut will see a lower tax bill this summer. I think a lot of people with vehicles like that. But now where do you get the money to keep the state running that you're not getting now from vehicle taxes? Uh, so we will make up that difference for our, um, you know, local mayors. And we'll do that out of the uh, Connecticut surplus at the state level. But you're right. You know, property taxes, um, you know, really hit the middle class super hard. You pay them in good times and bad. So we wanted, A, to give you a property tax uh, credit or cut um, on your home. And uh, as you point out, just as importantly or more importantly, on your car, which is due very soon. A lot of used cars have appreciated, so this will represent savings of, I hope, um, you know, a few hundred million dollars for a lot of folks. Another thing you were big on was cutting crime, getting guns off the street, reducing gun violence. There's been a lot of talk about that in the last couple of years, but I don't see a lot being done. What can be done in Connecticut to reduce gun violence? Well, number one, more community policing. Uh, we're calling for 500 more cops on the beat. Um, you know, a more diverse police force, so it really is community policing. Two, we're really pushing the judges and the judiciary to speed up the wheels of justice. Anybody that should be detained uh, will be detained, and I think the other 90% get them the supports they need. And finally, as you point out, there are more illegal guns on the street than ever before, so um, James Ravella, our Commissioner of Public Safety, working with all the other um, uh, folks in the in the greater region, going after those big gun traffickers. And you want to cut college tuition. Would that be at every college across the state? Uh, that'd be for all of our public universities, our community colleges. Um, yeah, right now you can go to community college almost for free if you're aggressive. 
We've got these certificate programs that are no cost. So in 16, 24 weeks, you get a certificate, you get that job at Electric Boat. You get that job at Pratt & Whitney. You get that job uh, in IT or coding. We've got you virtually guaranteed a job. And a couple of things that have come out since the State of the State message, uh, health care reform, including a prescription drug price cap. How do you go about doing that? So we're um, discussing that with uh, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts. It's the same thing that they're thinking about in Washington on a bipartisan basis. But uh, what, what that means is, look, you have all the innovation. You've developed an amazing uh, drug. Um, uh, FDA gives you a great rate of return on that. Then the question is, for the next 15 years, let's say you don't raise the rates more than inflation plus 2%. That gives, you know, we, the um, the consumers, just a little confidence. We know what this is going to cost in years to come. And yesterday you were talking about trying to fix up the state parks, I guess hopefully in time for maybe this summer. Talk about how you do that, what gets improved, and how that will impact tourism. Good, yeah. Let's go to a park. They're beautiful. We had, um, you know, more people visiting our parks during COVID than ever before. More people visiting our beaches. I don't know why Rhode Island and New York closed down their beaches and parks. But that's another story. So a lot of people discovered it. Um, we haven't made a real investment in our parks for, um, you know, many, many years. So uh, this is a chance to, it's not very flashy stuff. I wish I could tell you it was, uh, but it's uh, fixing up the um the bathroom facilities, the maintenance facilities, uh, uh, doing the clearing we need to do, really to make sure this is a top-quality draw. And, of course, the elephant in the room is what happened yesterday regarding the mask mandate for schools, which will be lifted, hopefully, by February the 28th. At least that's the plan right now. The Senate voted to extend, the Connecticut Senate voted to extend some of your remaining pandemic-related executive orders, including that statewide mask mandate for schools and child care centers that you said you want lifted February 28th. Were you satisfied with the result of the vote yesterday? No, I was. I think the... Um Leadership in the House and Senate uh, were great. They're going to give us uh, the flexibility to keep people safe, give us uh, the flexibility so we can end the uh, statewide mask mandate in about two weeks now. I think um, let each and every locality make up their mind for themselves. That's that We've reached that place. And you issued a statement just an hour or so ago this morning regarding the expiration of your authority to issue emergency orders related to the pandemic, that even though you have fewer now than you had, well, a couple of days ago, you said we are by no means declaring mission accomplished. This pandemic is still going on. It's not over. That's right, but we can learn to live with that. We can learn to live with that um, by working very closely with the legislature. I'm glad they're back. They're in session for the next, uh, you know, 80 days, so we can work with them. We don't need the ability to do immediate uh, EOs right now. We can work together with the legislature. And speaking of the pandemic, uh, what is the state doing to get a handle on the metrics now that there are home kits? There was like one quarter the number of tests yesterday than there were four weeks ago yesterday, so we're not getting the same amount of people getting tested that we find out who's got it and who doesn't because of the state kits, the home kits. How is there a way to find out who tests positive with a home kit that is not now being reported to the state? Uh, it gives you a trend. It's not exact anymore, Wayne. Um, obviously, we keep going with the PCR tests, um, and that gives us an early headlight. If uh, you take an at-home test, we generally only hear about it if you test um, 
a positive. We don't hear about it if you're not infected. So it does tend to inflate the numbers, I think, um, just a little bit. What's remarkable is, remember, everybody's waiting in line five hours to get that um, rapid test four weeks ago. Now we can't give away those um, same rapid tests, but keep them around. If you find you might be exposed, if you find you might be uh, feeling some flu-like symptoms, just take the test to be sure. Just two friends of mine who in the last 24 hours have said they have tested positive, and one guy said he's got a really awful sore throat right now. Another person told me they're as sick as they've ever been in their life, so this is still going on. Hospitalizations, though, were 1,900 in mid-January. Now they're under 500, but what got my attention, Governor, was last week's Thursday report by the state, 136 deaths. And to me, that's a significant number, saying that people are still dying because of this thing. People are still dying because of this thing. Um, look, uh, 136 deaths uh, is inflated. God, thank God it is going down, and it's going to go down uh, even faster, as you see Omicron in the, uh, in the rearview mirror. But thank you, in this sense, remind people, I know everybody's saying the emergency's over, we're out of the woods, let's party. Uh, it, it's worth remembering to be um, to be careful. And if you walk into a crowded place, you don't know a lot of the people there. You know, wear the mask. Um, we're not mandating this. Um, that's up to your town. But um, and urging common sense. If someone tests positive on a home test and doesn't report it to the state, I'm just wondering how the state's able to track those. You addressed that a minute ago. But I know, for example, Danbury, when you get your home test kit given out by the town. There's a whole piece of paper that comes with it that says, if you test positive, go to this website. You notify the Danbury Health Department of your positive result. Now, I got the home test kit from my town. I got no such paperwork. I haven't been told what to do if I test positive. Is there a way to make that a more general statewide mandate? Well, what it is right now, I mean, we, what we do know is that um, our infection rate is down below 4% for the first time in months. I think we know the trend line is in the right direction. So I'm not positive I need to put another layer of paperwork on there. But it is always helpful. If you test uh, positive, let your local Department of Public Health know. And then, you know, places like CVS, they give you 25 30% off coupons and like. And I know people that have tried to go to CVS to use that coupon on a home test kit. And those coupons are not being accepted by CVS because of the, uh, the because the federal government does not reimburse, they say Medicare will, but they don't. If you're a citizen of the state and you go to CVS for a test and you're a senior citizen, Medicare does not reimburse if you're on certain parts of plans. And I'm wondering how people can get discounted, use their coupons on these home test kits, and not be reimbursed by Medicare. Wayne, let me... Um get to you on that. I, I will put that up on our DPH website to give a full accountability. Uh, right now, as you know, there's the 800 number from the federal government where they will send you, I think it's up to eight free tests uh, a month. And also insurance, including Medicare, is supposed to um, pay for any of these at-home testing. I'm going to put the uh, specifics up on the site. That's a fair answer, and I will ask you that the next time that we talk about this. If a Wyndham resident tests positive at a test site in Hartford, does that get reported as Wyndham or a Hartford case? Uh, I believe it's um, where you test positive. So that goes on the Hartford list, not a Wyndham list if you're a Wyndham resident. that's uh, It seems like it might skew some of the town reporting. Is contact tracing still a thing? I don't hear about that anymore. 
Look, back when we had Omicron and we were at 25% infection rate, um, contact tracing didn't work because everybody was being exposed to somebody and it was a big toss salad. You know, today we, um, we do it, uh, we leave it up to the local health departments. A little bit going on in the schools. If somebody, um, you know, tests positive in a classroom, we certainly have the contact tracing there. And I know that you've actually been on stage at the Shabu stage playing in one of the uh, concerts down there. I'm not sure got the message yet, but David Foster, he of the Shabu stage and Shabu, he was named yesterday the romantic Willamantic Cupid. And you've had some interaction with Mr. Foster, haven't you? He is great. He let me play with him last year for with the 50th anniversary. I uh, tried to play Imagine on the piano, and uh, thank God he rescued me. You tried to play. Have you have you rehearsed it since that time? If we brought you back, could you get it done? I could get it done. All right. Well, just want to let you know that the guy that you know got a nice award here yesterday. Yeah, so, so well deserved. He's the best, and I love what that concert means. Willamette could be on. Big time, yes. That, the Boombox Parade, Cupid, it's all the things that we do here in our town. I just want to say a few words, have you say a few words about Josh Gabal, who left state service for private sector. We got a good look at him, more than we probably would in normal times during the, the pandemic press conferences, but he, he was a big piece of the, the positive work that was done by your administration. And I know You want to just say some good things about him, and then who replaces him? Yeah, during the... Um Worst of COVID, you know, I was on the phone at 7 in the morning with Josh and at the very end of the night as well at 11. Uh, you know, he came in as a former IBM executive. He was going to take over a centralization of IT. And all of a sudden, he was uh, really helping to lead our um, our public health response to COVID. And he became a very good friend and very trusted. And um, he's not really going totally too far away. He's going to be in charge of a new business development and innovation for Yale University right down the street from him in uh, New Haven. So uh, he's going to still be making, um, you know, New Haven into the research triangle. So Paul Mons takes his job now? Well, Michelle Gilman is, um, was his deputy, uh, really good. She's in charge of a DAS, Department of Administrative Services. A lot of the COO has already been taking place. We've already centralized IT and personnel, and purchasing, all those things that no need to have them dispersed across 20 different departments. And to wrap things up on a positive note, like I try to do all the times we talk there, I love the picture from a while back about you and your Valentine dancing. Was that a wedding picture? What was that source of that picture? I think that was a wedding picture, but i got to look at that. Uh, <laughs> our Twitter guys probably found something. No, oh, yeah. okay. Get a nice Here's message. Get a nice message yesterday about to Annie, your wife, on Valentine's Day. That was great, Governor. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Wayne. Governor Ned Lamont with one of our periodic talks on WILI.